Viewer discretion advised. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another action-packed episode of Talking Rock with Tom and Jason. I'm Tom. I'm Jason. And today we'll be closely examining yet another part of my soul. Yes, sirree. Today's album choice is the soundtrack of my sophomore year. And still to this day is highly regarded as one of my favorite albums of all time. But before we do that, Jason, hello. Once again, it's been forever. How you doing? Hello, Tom. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a little while, yeah, but, uh, yeah, we're back. <laughs> Full swing of things. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to get going. I think this, uh, should be a pretty good one. Yeah, hopefully. So what's new with you? Any new information in Nashville, or um, roommates, or yeah, jobs, or whatever? I, I, uh, well, band stuff, I guess. I I met up with the potential guitarist today for a band, and then I jammed with a couple other people tonight, so uh, my voice is a little shot at the moment, because I haven't sung in a while, but uh, but yeah, things are going uh, things are going pretty well, it's like, uh, I just finished eating my dinner, my Nashville hot chicken, uh, from my favorite place that makes it, so uh, that was uh, that was good, what about you? You know, actually, my day was very similar to yours, so I had band practice this morning, Sadly, my guitarist slept in, so he couldn't make it. It was just me, my drummer, and my singer. We jammed. I tried singing. My voice is as is just as shot as yours, as you can tell by my inability to speak tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, my throat is on fire. I tried singing. I still need to figure out how to, like, scream and not murder my voice. And then shortly afterward, we went to one of our favorite restaurant spots, PJ Wellhands, and get this, they had a Nashville hot chicken sauce there. And I had that on wings. There you go. So, it's like eerily similar to what you did today. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Exactly. Alright, so... That being said, I think we can now go into the top stories in the world of heavy metal. So, my news for today is... The band Mudvayne announced that they will be reuniting after a 12-year hiatus... The first scheduled reunion tour show is September 10th in Mansfield, Ohio, at the Incarceration Music and Music and Tattoo Fest. I could talk today, Jason. Let me try this again. Incarceration Music and Tattoo Convention. I hope to God this one's still on, and this doesn't get the same treatment as the My Chemical Romance reunion, and the Rage Against the Machine reunion, and every other goddamn concert that was supposed to happen last year. We yeah, shall see. Just gotta hope so. Yes, definitely. What have you got, Jason? Uh, let's talk about Kiss. Right. Um, so there's there's actually a couple things I could I could say about Kiss, but uh, I'm gonna talk about a live concert album that they're releasing. Uh, Kiss is releasing a live concert album in June. Uh, that was recorded in Tokyo during 2001. And uh, the thing that I found interesting about this is that they are releasing a show that featured the short-lived lineup of Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Frehley, and Eric Singer. So that should be kind of interesting. Yes, definitely. It's a pretty good lineup, if you're not a Peter Chris fan. 
I'm sure there's a, a pretty, you know, not fair amount, but I'm sure there is a group of people out there that don't like Peter Chris. This is probably the album for you, if you're listening. <laughs> Come on, everyone's gotta love Peter. Yeah, even I have a soft spot for him. You know, this is a whole other topic for another day, but I really did like his solo album from 1978. I haven't heard it, but I've heard bad things about it. But I mean, I, it's I mean not... you know me, I like the original Kiss lineup. If you go into it knowing it's not a Kiss album, then it's great. But if you go into the, the mindset thinking, like, this is a Kiss album, then you're going to be really disappointed because it's it's pretty far from their conventional sound. You can tell he's a fan yeah, of like music from the 50s out. and 60s. Yeah, well, I know he likes a lot of that stuff. Yes, and it's reflective in his music. Like I said, it's really not that bad, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Speaking yeah. of fairly irrelevant topics, I think we can go into our nonsensical and totally irrelevant top five for today. Here we go. So today we decided to go with top five favorite Motley Crue songs. Now, Jason, because this was your idea, why don't you go first? Yeah, I could have gone a couple different ways with this. There were some songs that I were thinking about that were actually... Um, I guess kind of newer and also older deep tracks, but I kind of, I don't know, like, I had a hard time doing this one. I, I went with five that I think are a little more relatively well-known, Just that's just what I happen to pick. But uh, at number five, and I didn't really know where to slot this one, but I put it at five, uh, Home Sweet Home. At four, Wild Side. So catchy. I love it. Uh, three, Looks That Kill off the Shut Up the Devil record. Two, Live Wire. And one, Kickstart My Heart. What do you have? You know, funny enough, I don't have Kickstart My Heart on here. Okay. This was a difficult decision. That is a very good song that I really love. So my top five list at my number five spot, I have Dr. Feel Good. Great song. Number four, I have Shadow the Devil. Number three, I have Wild Side. Number two, I have Honor of the Show. That should remind you of some old band days. <laughs> the old Kings of Destruction days. So Jason and I, in the very first band that we were in, we covered this song, Honor of the Show. So it has a little nostalgic value for me. It does. And then at my top spot is, of course, Home Sweet Home. It's a All classic. Right. Yeah, so you put it at the top, I put it at five. I knew I wanted to put it on the list, but I just, I, I didn't know where I wanted to put it, but I think five, for me, felt right, yeah. I think I can confidently say that Home Sweet Home is my favorite Miley Cruz song. Alright. I love the piano. I love everything about it. And I love how, on their initial farewell tour, so to speak, yeah. they played that song last. And yeah. at the time, they thought, like, holy shit, this is the last song we'll ever play together on stage. Little yeah, debris. So well, you that. know, actually, never mind. Because so Mick Mars is kind of getting up contract. there on age. Yeah. What was it? They blew up their contract or whatever. Yeah. So Mick Mars is unfortunately getting older. They all are. So if this pandemic doesn't end soon, I don't know if we'll see a Motley Crew reunion. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I, I'm wrong. I think we will, but we'll see, I guess. I mean, I'll, I, don't, I don't think it's as set in stone as it was last year that's for sure yes definitely hopefully it is you never know what's going on behind the scenes or at all it's 2021 jason literally anything could happen i wonder if this had happened 
like this pandemic that happened back in 2016, I wonder if Guns N' Roses with Slash and Duff would have gotten back together or if something would have happened like between Axel and Slash or something and like they would have had to cancel the whole thing. Man, that would have sucked. Like something happened behind the scenes during that year. I mean, I think they get along fine now, but it's just, it's just, you know, thinking, thinking about, you know, maybe something could have gone on behind the scenes if they had another year to talk before going out on tour. So, yeah. That would have really sucked. It, <laughs> I mean, it would have saved you a lot of money, considering you've seen them, what, seven <laughs> times, times on that tour? Yeah. Yeah, thank God that didn't happen. Then again, you know. I'm, this pandemic shouldn't have even happened in the first place. There were so many good concerts that were supposed to happen last year. I was going through one of my desk drawers the other day, and I found an envelope labeled 2020 concert tickets, and there were so many of them in there. Like, it just made me, like, hurt on the inside. Like, God fucking damn it. We'll get there. We'll but anyway, on a brighter note, I think we can get into our review for today. So today, Jason and I will be reviewing Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. Now, Jason, right off the bat, can you tell me, what did you think of this album? Um, well, I I don't I want to save my grade for later, but I will say that I, uh, I only knew a handful of the songs on here, so a lot of them were new to me. So that's that. That was that was uh. Let's just say I was kind of surprised. We'll go with that. Okay. As far as me, I love Avenged Sevenfold. I'll leave it at that for now, and I'll I'll go into details in just a couple moments. So the the first track, Nightmare, your fucking nightmare. I love this song, Jason. Actually, I have a very fond memory of this song as well. Remember when we saw them a couple years ago, 2017-ish? I remember on our way home from, I think, BBT Pavilion, where we saw them in Philly, or no, Camden, this song came on the radio. I just like thought to myself, like, holy shit, we just saw this live. This is so fucking cool. Like, they were literally talking about the concert we were just at on the radio. And on top of that, this is, you know, the opening track. I think this was actually my first event Sevenfold album, too. So, like, the song and I go way back. I love, like, that kind of music box intro. Like a ding, 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 and so on and so forth. It's so good, Jason. I love it. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I also like that intro thing they, that they do. I, I don't really know what it is. But... <laughs> I think it's a music box. I want to say it's a music box, but I'm not... Okay entirely sure everyone knows what i'm talking about if you heard the song though the first 30 seconds or whatever and if you haven't heard the song listen to the song <laughs> it's good it's really really yeah, good the uh the guitar playing is killer um yeah, the, the drummer uh absolutely mashes the drums uh, the backing vocals provide a nice added layer i think i don't think it would be the same without the backing no, vocals definitely not. and uh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I really like this song. This is one of the ones that I did know. So, uh, so yeah, I've definitely heard it many times, but I but I really like it, yeah. 
I can go. I can literally go on all day about this song, but because it's fairly late at night where we are right now, I, I think we can move on to the next song, which is yeah. "Welcome to the Family." This is like part two for Nightmare. Like for the second track in the album, this is absolutely fucking killer. It just goes from like one banger to another. And I love like the amazing drum intro too. Mike Portnoy, I think he was actually the drummer for Dream Theater before yeah, he, he was in Avenged Sevenfold, if I recall correctly. Yep. And you need to be pretty damn good to be in Dream Theater. <laughs> yeah, because unfortunately yeah. they had just lost the Rev. I think not this album, but one album prior. I think it was I think it was like during the making of this album. Because I think I saw... Yeah, because he's on some of these songs. Yeah, that's right. As a vocalist. That's what I thought. Yeah. More of that later. Yeah, like... they he's, he's a good, I guess, temporary replacement for The Rev. No one can truly beat Jimmy The Rev Sullivan, though. God rest his soul. But again, more on that later. I love the one part of Welcome to the Family where he's yelling like, Rapid Dementia, I won't be fine. And then there's that absolutely killer Sin Zaki solo. They do like that harmonization with their guitars. I know Metallica does that a lot, and a lot of really other killer me metal acts do that as well. Certainly not excluding Event Sevenfold. Wait, I didn't really hear that. Sorry, can you say it one more time? <laughs> Sorry, what did no. I say? Oh, yeah. I love the part when they say, Rapid Dementia, I won't be fine. Like that kind of screaming that mm. M Shadows does. And then right after that, there's this absolutely killer Sin Zaki solo where they do like that harmonization for their guitars. Like, sort of like what Metallica does and several other metal acts. It's amazing. I love it. This is just such a good song, Jason. Again, yeah, I... part two for Nightmare. I, um, I don't always, alright, yeah, alright, let me, I'm gonna go off on a little thing here, but <laughs> I don't always like, um, M. Shadow's vocal style that much, I think he's a great vocalist, uh, just some of that stuff that you're saying, that cookie monster, high-pitched growl he does isn't always on, for monster. me, and he does that a little on here, um, but I think it fits the song, so, I'm okay with it. Uh, interesting song structure. I don't think I'd heard this one before. Uh, it has a cool sound. Interestingly enough, the chorus kind of sounded like a like a uh, like a catchy pop song to me. Uh, okay, but you can hear their influences. Uh, but still, they adopted a modern sound onto onto it. Oh, just bear with me for a moment. I think. My audio is kind of crapping out a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, we're having some technical difficulties today. Yada yada. It's Tom's fault, not mine. No, it's my microphone's fault, not mine. <laughs> Alright, so I apologize in advance if our audio sounds a little crappy tonight. This is solely because of my microphone. I'll worry about that later. Okay, so... Where were we? I just finished talking about Welcome to the Family. Okay. Yeah, I love how you described the metal growl as Cookie Monster. <laughs> now I can only see Cookie Monster yelling like, You're a fucking nightmare! There you go. 
I'd, I'd pay good money to see Cookie Monster front a metal band. Me good too. money. Alright, that being Cookie said... Cookie Monster on lead vocals and Animal on the drums. What was it? Cookie Monster on, on lead vocals and Animal on the drums. Yeah, right. <laughs> Instead of Dr. Teeth on vocals, it's literally just Cookie Monster. <laughs> and just for the fuck of it, we'll throw Kermit the Frog in there with a distorted banjo solo. Ralph the dog on piano, I guess. Yeah, I love All the right. Muppets. Alright, we're talking too much about the Muppets. Yeah, right. It's really going to suck if the audio sounds terrible in this episode. You just hear us talking about the, something totally irrelevant in the scratchiest, shittiest sounding audio. But anyway, back on track, I think now we can move on to track three, which is Danger Line. I love that kind of militaristic snare they have. Isn't, isn't this like a isn't this like a Kenny Loggins song? You're funny. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Danger line. <laughs> yeah, I love the line like nothing shocks you like a bullet hole, and that kind of like spooky, ominous, Zacky sing guitar harmonization. As I wrote in my notes, see what I did there. <laughs> And then, like, I love, I know what you're thinking, I've been there before, so think of the times, the time we spent laughing away. Like, how he sings that line just gives me chills every single time I hear it. It's absolutely beautiful. Truly stellar. And I never thought yeah. I'd lie in my own blood. Like, that's pretty fucked up. It's probably about a dude getting shot in the front lines of going into battle, like, going, like, to war, basically. It's pretty fucked up. But nevertheless, a really, really good song. Jason, what do you think? Well, the uh, the verses have a unique sound to them. Uh, they aren't too fast, uh, but then the drums make make the uh, make the choruses sound like a speed metal song. <laughs> so it really picks up during the choruses. Uh, the mini solo after the first chorus sounded good, but it sounded. Almost to me like an old school video game sound, like a like a Miss Pac-Man on steroids you know, type of song. I kind <laughs> of hear that. Now that I think of it, a lot of Sinister Gates guitar playing sounds like that. <laughs> it's it's like his tone, and you you hear it when he plays fast. I've never heard but, Sinister or since guitar tone compared to Miss Pac-Man before. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, I was surprised by uh, by how soft it got at the end with the piano, though. Yeah, right. They do that a lot on this album, actually. Like, they have... I don't know who the studio piano player is, or pianist, or whatever you want to call them. But it's good. They they really... They pull it off really well, like a talk today. Alrighty. I think we can move on to track four now. Buried Alive. I actually have a lot of really good memories with this song. If you remember in the old sidetrack days, our guitarist, Quentin, hi Quentin, he played the intro of this song on guitar as he's just sitting there warming up. I very fondly remember him playing that, like, It's amazing. Hi Quentin, miss you. So it was fun jamming. Yeah, so, again, with the nostalgic value of this entire album, Avenged Sevenfold, we were all such Avenged Sevenfold nuts in that band. At least, I think well, me, Nick, and Quentin were. You three were. Yeah, yeah, I think you were just kind of, like, indifferent. 
That's fine. Yeah, and, the, and the other guy, I don't think really cared too much. That's fair. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I I know that I've heard this song, and I guess maybe it's from Quentin playing it. I don't, I don't know, but I know that I've heard this song, and I'm pretty sure they they played it at the concert that we went to. Yeah, they did. Uh, uh but I don't remember the song too well. I guess I remember it fairly. Um, at first, I'm I'm like, oh, this is a nice song. Is this a ballad? <laughs> And uh, I I wouldn't say it's a ballad, but it's like a metal version of a ballad. Oh uh, yes. Uh, I take it down now. That... Burn it all up. Throw you all around. Get your fucking hands off me. Yeah, I it's a totally that, beautiful uh, power ballad about love, yeah. right there. Die buried alive. Tom. What was it? Relax. Relax. Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> I didn't know that Avenged Sevenfold was capable of showing this much diversity uh, in their songs, but I guess that's kind of a recurring theme on this album. Uh, Most definitely. I I guess I can say I dig it. I dig it. I can confidently say that I dig it. Yeah, yeah like this song really shifts gears halfway through. <laughs> it goes from like a nice, soft, kind of... Not ballad, but sort of ballad. And then it goes into straight up, in your face, get your fucking hands off me. Really well done. I, I love yeah. when bands throw curveballs at people like that. Like, they start off all nice and calm, then suddenly mm -hmm. they explode. They go crazy. And they definitely go crazy on this song. But anyway... I think we can move on to track number five now, which is Natural Born Killer. I want to start off by saying I really love that little ding after that absolutely killer, shreddy, like, not behemoth of an intro, for lack of better words. You hear all of that, and then suddenly just, everything quiets out, and you just hear ding. I like to think that Mike Portnoy just had the goofiest grin on his face in the studio. And, it, like, whenever we played it live, just go, freeze. Ding. Little, like, cowbell, or, what is that, a triangle? Either way, yeah, I, I love yeah. it. Props to Mike Portnoy for providing some absolutely killer percussion on this entire album. And, of course, the Rev. So, what did you think yeah. of this? Yeah, I'm yawning. Yeah, I'm yawning, too. I've, I've had a long day. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a pretty long day. Okay. Um, Natural Born Killer. Uh, it has yeah, great guitar. What? I'm yawning now too. Great. <laughs> it has a great guitar and bass lines. Um, I really liked the main riff. And I, and I like how, uh, how the drums and the guitar sync up a lot on the, uh, on the really fast notes. But there's always a but. Uh, but... Overall, the song was sort of an ass song for me. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I really love it. I feel like a lot of the later songs are just more air for me, but like the first maybe six tracks in this album are all like absolutely perfect for me. Okay. But again, more on that later. For what I have to say about Snatcher Born Killer, I love the dialogue line. It's just the one thing that I won't do. 
Like, I love Mad Shadows stories. Or M Shadows, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and whatever. that freaking ding in the beginning just makes this entire song for me. Well, uh, I guess we can move on to song six. That we can, which is... So Far Away, Hoo Boy. You know, I actually... My phone stopped working with Spotify on this, because that's what I was using to listen to this album, just to take notes. Well, my internet is shitty, so my phone just crapped out and didn't work. So I pulled up the the music video on YouTube, and that's how I took my notes. That was not easy. <laughs> the music video was fucking sad for this song. I've never seen the music video for it. Oh, but, boy. Um, if there are any diehard Avenged Sevenfold fans out there listening to this, that music video is so sad. Jason, you need to watch this video. It's a freaking tear factory. Because, you know, this you song is that. obviously about Jimmy the Rev Sullivan, childhood friend of theirs. Killer drummer. Contributed a lot to the songwriting and overall sound of Avenged Sevenfold. And, whew, they wrote a song about him dying, or at least losing him. That was hard. Great, I'm gonna yeah. start crying. <laughs> yeah, the whole breakdown where... It's kind of quieter. They do like this kind of nylon guitar solo with an acoustic. Like, I love you, you are ready. Like, that whole part. That hit me hard. As it did with probably a lot of other Avenged Sevenfold fans at the time. This is the... Yeah, the first Avenged Sevenfold song that I was introduced to. Um, I think it was around the time when we were joining our first band together actually you know actually i think same here yeah that's uh, right because i think we were with our pre-sidetrack band which the name is yeah. thankfully escaping me at the moment and the <laughs> guitarist we had at the time he had requested this song and i think that was like my yeah. very brief introduction to Revenge sevenfold yeah, i i always thought it was at least a pretty good song uh, I like the emotions behind it with the rev, and um, as you kind of pointed out, and uh, and really throughout the song you can hear the emotion and the vocals and the and the melody. Uh, but I, I love the guitar solo, the the first one I guess. Uh, since it was the uh, the first sevenfold song I knew, I was happy that they played it at the concert we went to. I was hoping they would play it, and uh, yeah. The only other thing I have to say on this is that the, uh, especially at the end, that, that I love you, you're ready, whatever it is, um, that part, the vocals really soar. Yes, they do. And I love how at the concert, everyone took out their phones and turned on their flashlights. I guess a safer alternative to having lighters. Somebody probably would have gotten set on fire. <laughs> There were a lot of phones that sh they all shined their lights towards the I stage. might have seen like one lighter. There was most definitely a lighter with the amount of people that are smoking there. <laughs> it's the PBT Pavilion. There's obviously, there's going to be somebody smoking either weed or cigarettes or whatever. But that's, I, I digress. Like there were a lot of lights shining up at the Rev and Event Sevenfold that night. God rest his soul. This whole pod, this podcast, even though the audio probably sounds like shit, it's all dedicated to the Rev. There you go. We miss you. 
Okay, so track number seven really shift gears or shifts gears again. It gets really freaking angry. So track number seven is called God Hates Us. It's lovely. Got pretty dark pretty quickly. At first, like You there? You there? I lost you. <laughs> yeah. Internet sucks. So not only is my mic audio terrible tonight, but my internet is also really bad. This whole episode is probably going to wind up sounding like we recorded it through, like, a phone call. Duck shit. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, I apologize in advance to those out there listening, expecting an absolutely perfect sounding podcast. Like I said, we're real on talking about Tom and Jason. You'll hear all of our technological fuck-ups and stutters and God knows whatever else. But anyway, back to track number seven. I was going on a bit of a tangent there before you lost me. But yeah, like this song just, or this whole album just got really dark after the absolute beautiful masterpiece that is so far away. At first, like, or even now, I'm not really crazy about this song. Like, I love the guitar intro and how it just goes completely insane. But the lyrics are too... Early events sevenfold, like for my taste. Like, do you remember sounding of the seventh trumpet or waking the fallen? They're sevenfold's first two albums. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't listen to them. They're not that good. Well, at least I don't really think they're that good. They they didn't really know who they were back then, and they were more of like a screamo band, or like edgy, like let's scream and make a bunch of scary loud music that doesn't sound melodic at all. That's sort of the vibe I'm getting from the vocals for this particular song, and that's not exactly my cup of tea. The, uh, what did you I, think of this? Funny. I wrote down something similar. I said wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, I would still listen to it. It's, it's just it's just not a favorite of mine, and I'd probably skip it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the title alone won't make it a favorite yeah, no. religious people. It's a little um, dark, don't you think? <laughs> could be good and good guitar playing. But uh, yeah, like I said, it wasn't really my cup of tea, and you said the same thing. So uh, Very much I guess neither of us really have too much to uh, add to that one. All right, yeah, track eight. So another kind of darkish sounding title, Victim. So, I really didn't care for the song at first. Like, at first I just felt like it was kind of okay compared to the rest of the album. Like, I always thought that falsetto in the beginning was kind of unnecessary and a little odd, but... I will say, I really like the chorus, though. The part where it says, like, we're all just victims of a crime. Of course, there's a killer sin solo. And a lot of really other well-written lyrics throughout this entire song. I think after listening to this song again, like several years after I've discovered this album, I found out I actually kind of really like it. And of course, the Sin solo is absolutely fucking kill. Sin's a killer guitar player. But yeah, like, I, listening uh, to the song now, as opposed to listening it, li or listening to it way back when in high school when I first discovered Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, I mean, I, I, I agree. I yeah, agree like, I definitely like it more now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like the vo I like the vocal performance. Uh, I like when I like when Matt or M or whatever <laughs> shadows 
Um, I like when he sings clean, so I like that he does that a good amount on here. That shatters, yes. Yeah. He does yeah, have a good clean voice. Uh, yeah. The song's definitely a lot softer than some of the other stuff. Well, yeah, after uh, freaking God Hates Us. <laughs> <laughs> again, they really shift gears again. And I, um, I'm and tired. Like, I'm I using know, a lot of redundancy in my sentences tonight. I guess it's Matt Shadows, but who the heck did that high vocal at the beginning? Because it sounds like their version of The Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd. Yeah, like, I, mean, I have the album in front of me. Hold on. I'm looking through a little booklet that comes inside the album. Let's see. Yeah. Piano and keyboards. Piano. String arrangements. They, uh, they do this thing multiple times, but I, but I like the part, both vocally and uh, musically. The part where they say, uh, we're all just victims of a crime. That is good. And I found her name. It is Charlotte Gibson. So shout out to Charlotte Gibson. Okay. Good job. There you go. I have a physical copy of the album in front of me. Just as a point of reference. And I like physically holding my music as I'm listening to it. Plus, you never know when you might want to look up that one background singer on one song. It really came handy tonight. But yeah, that's really all I have to say about Victim. Again, to recap, I liked it a lot more this time around. So I think we can move yeah, on to yeah, track right, number song, uh, nine. Yes. The audio. I swear, the technology tonight just is not getting along with us. <laughs> what, what's happening now? I, yeah, right. I don't know. I think we're talking about track nine. Can you hear me? This pro this <laughs> most likely isn't our worst episode either. Like I remember that Sex Pistols episode being really bad. <laughs> like some episodes we've had in the past, legit sound like they were recorded underwater or through the phone. This is most likely going to sound like that if I can't work my magic record or like editing. It's done all this. Alright, so track nine. Alright, song nine. Tonight the world dies. That's a pretty cool acoustic intro with this, with both guitar and bass. If you listen closely, you can hear Mr. Johnny Christ playing an acoustic bass. It's a pretty unmistakable sound. This is another song I never really went out of my way to listen to when I was younger. I was always drawn more towards the beginning of the album, with all the, I guess, the hits, for lack of better terminology. Like all the really kick-ass heavy, heavy songs that are in the beginning. I do like Matt's vocals, though, both clean and gritty. It's not the most exciting song, but I still I appreciate it for what it is. That's really all I have to say about Tonight the World Dies. Uh, I probably like this one better than you did. I, I, I said that I'm a big fan of this one. Um, it has, I like the haunting vibes, and I also, it, it sounds like a... Uh, like a uh, sounds like a slide is being used on, on guitar, which uh, which I always like. I don't know if it is, but it sounds like it. Um, it kind of has a Stone Temple Pilots vibe to it. I don't know if you really know them. I'm not super um, familiar with STP. But yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. I sort of get what you're saying, judging by my incredibly minimalistic knowledge of STP. I, I know, like, the first two STP albums. Fair enough. There might be an episode in the future. Stay tuned. You never know. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, like, Alright, track 10. Fiction. Fiction, track 10. It's a pretty cool piano solo, or piano intro, rather. And there's some yeah, yeah, orchestration. Down, what the oh. hell? I, this is what I wrote, Tom. What the hell? There's a ton of piano at the beginning of the song. Am I listening to the right song? <laughs> yeah, right. Am I listening to the right artist? Like, where did the piano come from? Yeah. They're pretty aggressive with that piano, too. When I was younger, I never really liked it. I was sort of indifferent about it now. I appreciate all the work that went into it, though. But, like, this is another song I really wouldn't go out of my way to listen to. I feel like it kind of pales in comparison to the first couple of songs on the album. And is that the Rev singing on this? Yeah, yeah it is. That's what uh, I thought. So he, that... Yeah, he he kind of like co-lead, it's like co-lead vocals, him and Shadows. So, yeah, it's cool that the Rev sings this uh, song with him. I did really like that. I was listening to it like, wait a minute, that's not Matt. That sounds eerily similar to the Rev, but the Rev just passed away. So they... Already start recording this? It looks like tonight I, answered I my question. He, I get, I, yeah, like well, I think he recorded some of the uh, vocals on this record, and then I don't think he played drums on it, but I think he, I read somewhere that he like did the drum arrangements for all the songs. So maybe they were like just starting work on it when he passed away. That makes sense. God rest his soul. We miss you, the Rev. Jimmy the Rev Sullivan. But I did not in a million years expect to hear anything like this on uh, this album. Yeah, it just kind of popped out of nowhere. Like, aggressive piano, like, orchestrations, and the freaking Rev. Mm -hmm. Nothing will ever beat A Little Piece of Heaven, though. I know that's oh, not yeah, on this album, but, like, that is, like, the ultimate Rev orchestra mayhem song, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I know you like it. I love that song. And also, Matt sounds sort of nasally in that one part of the song. Or is that the rev? I think he, I, I mean, to me, he has a nasally voice in general. There's one line in particular, though, where he just sounds more nasally than every other one. I don't think it was the rev. I'm pretty sure it was him. I kind of hate to say this, but I'm not really super familiar with the second half of this album. Hmm. Like I said, back in high school, I really only listened to the first half, and that became, like, my favorite part of this entire album. So I kind of had to reteach myself these, like, other songs. I guess the B-side songs, we could call them. I, I already had kind of, like, a vague understanding of them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, funny, I guess. I'd, I'd, I'd still go as far as to say this is one of my favorite pieces of music. At least the first six songs are. Why don't you say we uh, wrap this thing up? Alright, so track 11 is Save Me. This is a 10 minute song. Mm -hmm. Alright, so there's a pretty cool bass interest, like, dun, 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 like that kind of triplet thing. I'm a sucker for a good bass intro. So it has me there. And then there's that spooky Sin Zach guitar thing again. Again, I'm there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a huge fan of that. And of course, throughout the entire song, Shren just er, Shren. Sin just shreds his balls off. <laughs> and I really like it. 
Although the vocals, again, really kind of remind me of the sounding of the seventh trumpet, or Waking the Fallen. I can't, like, overlook that. I just was not crazy about either one of those albums. I guess they've kind of changed their sound, huh? But at the same time, they kind of harken back to it. And I appreciate that much, despite me not necessarily being a fan of either one of those. And I feel like this song overall, it's pretty melodic. Especially if you're looking at, like I said, Sounding of the Seventh Trumpet or Waking the Fallen. They weren't very melodic on those albums. Like I said, it was primarily more like screaming and whatnot. It's really well done. And about four minutes into the song, there's this really cool breakdown. And then it's, of course, Shred City. Yeah, well, I want to start by saying, when a song is ten minutes, uh, whether I like it or not, I'm going to label it as an epic. So this is an epic closer. <laughs> um, but, but, but I do, I do think it is a, um, a pretty good closer though. I think it ties everything up nicely and, uh, I appreciated uh, all the, all the different components to it. Yes, definitely. And like I said, despite me not necessarily being too crazy about these B-side songs, if you will, I still appreciate everything that went into them. And it's still Avenged Sevenfold writing the music. Like Matt, Zach, Sin, Mike, and Johnny all just going crazy. Even though Mike's not in the band anymore, but... Well, like, I don't think Mike really wrote anything. I think, you know, like I said, I think the Rev was... wrote helped write these songs he didn't record them, and, though. Uh, and then and then mike just recorded them on drums yeah yeah true this is slightly irrelevant this is probably the last tangent i'll go on for tonight but the new guy brooks wackerman is really good he was on the stage yeah he's he's good He's not, like, trying to re-emulate Mike or the Rev. Like, he's... Uh, no. He sort of combines elements of both of them. And then he just does his own unique individual thing, which props to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm too tired to go on any more of a rant. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. I've been up since, like, 8.15 this morning. It is now, it is now tomorrow. It is 12.08 right now. Uh, for me, it's an hour earlier, but yeah, it's getting late since I've, I, my sleep schedule is all crazy right now. I'm not even going to get into that, but right, Wait, so it's 11 right, o'clock um, where you are? Yeah. So I'm in the future, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Greetings yeah. from the future. How's it look? It's still 2021, still a pandemic. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting, getting there. there. All right. Uh. Tom, you're great for this album. This was a tough call, considering I have so much of a history with this album. But my final verdict is actually a B. No, don't get me wrong, I love Avenged Sevenfold with all my heart, but the B-side songs, like... Overall, I didn't like them all completely. Like, they all had elements that I enjoyed, but as full songs, I didn't really like them very much. But the first six songs, I love them all, like, unconditionally. And those songs are, like, perfect for me. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that you put a B. So, I was thinking about this earlier. And when I originally 
did my notes on this, I I actually gave it an A plus. Really? Um, but after thinking about it a little more, I think I'm gonna go with an A. Um, I just it really had to work for that A for me, and just I'm not sure if I can really give it an A plus. You know, I was pleasantly surprised by it, um, and I think the risks that they took uh, worked pretty well. And yeah, I liked the, kind of the diverse sounds and the uh, the different components to it that we that we hear throughout the album, not just on um, "Save Me," but on all the songs really. And uh, so I think I think most of what they did landed with me. Like I think it. Uh, I think the risks that they took worked pretty well. So yeah, I'll give it an A. Fair point. I'm gonna stick with my B. Yeah. It's not bad, not at all. Like I said, I love the first six tracks. Like they're part of my soul. No, I mean it, it, there, there's problems with it. I mean, yeah, nothing in this world is truly perfect. Score a little bit. Um, no. Yeah, like, nothing is perfect, like I said many times before. Uh, Tom, well, I guess that's pretty much it for uh, this week's episode, so we'll try to get this out quickly. Yes, definitely. And, uh, yeah, our next episode, which I guess we'll record next week, is, is, uh, is one of my choices, and that is, uh, I guess it's our, it'll be our 20th episode oh. total, I think, and uh, it's going to be our first uh done by a uh, a female fronted rock band and that's gonna be they're pretty reckless and their album their new, their new album death by rock and roll and right cool title so here we go yeah. it's cindy lou who from the grinch movie here it is cindy lou who from the Grinch. expect movie. a lot of jokes about that next week hopefully <laughs> oh, next week's I audio totally expect it. what was it i said i totally expect that hopefully next week's audio won't sound as shitty as this week's audio did yeah this audio is going to need Jesus. I'm going to try my best to edit this so it sounds somewhat <laughs> tolerable. I wouldn't get your hopes All up, right. though. Well, uh, well, from us here at Talking Rock with Tom and Jason. I'm Tom. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, he's Tom. I'm Jason. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.